0: So join us every day as we inspire and motivate you to take positive action in your life and make your dreams a reality.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass.
4: They looked at the most successful men and women of the world, and they found that they had like seven, eight things in common. And one of the things they all had in common was a routine.
5: Failing to prepare was preparing to fail. The night before a game, I ate the same food. I went to bed at the same time. I got up, I ate the same breakfast. So the routine and the
3: preparation, some people call it superstition, but it's a routine. The stronger your mindset is, the greater your skill set is going to be.
5: We remember the stuff we earn, the stuff we experience, more than what the teacher tells us or what someone gives us for free. A company is simply a group of people. As a leader of people, you have to be a great listener, you have to be a great motivator, uh, you have to be very good at praising and looking for the best in people.
4: people. You think Warren Buffett reading just to be reading? The majority of you are poor because you read poor stuff. Everything was done to try to learn how to become a better basketball player. Everything, everything. And so when you have that point of view, then literally the world becomes your library to help you to become better at your craft.
2: It's what goes on between this year and this year and in our hearts that determine our lives out there. There's no no world out there except what's going on here. I think it's important that you really like whatever you're doing. Um, if, If you don't like it, life is too short.
4: If I'm lying to you about who I am, or I'm lying to you about whatever. There's no starting point. There's a false reality. You have to create the real reality. It's a good separation for me, you know, emotionally, to be able to put myself in a place where at practice or when I'm training or during games, I switch my mind to something else. I became number one in the world. I became a millionaire not because I made more money. I became a millionaire because they told me millionaires only live off of 30% of their income. I became a millionaire because I did what millionaires did. I stopped living off a hundred percent.
3: What does it mean time is money, right? How do you multiply time? How do you buy time? Rich people buy time.
6: Most of the people watching this thing should either not be in business if they've got one or close the down if they got one. Because you got in business for all the wrong reasons and you don't have the balls to close them down. Because of what other people are going to say you, don't ha- you have no idea how um, limitless it is when you're not afraid of what other people think or say. You have no idea. There's not two people watching this thing that even has uh, a concept of what it is to act as if you have no limits to your abilities. Zero. I
3: wrote a book and uh, called the millionaire booklet wrote that book in two hours. It was translated 38 languages for free because of my social My social media standing around the world. I just asked a bunch of people. Can you help me? 38
1: languages and
3: literally in one month the whole book was produced written Translated
1: like you need friends counterintuitive 50 page pamphlet type book. Yeah, you're yeah, making not yeah. the New York Times bestseller Yeah, where'd that come from another? Contrarian idea again,
3: again, like like the book publishers, you know, they're they're dying, they're 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 they're. They're but come on, man, You that's, don't even, that's you, antiquated. That ancient.
1: you don't even count digital downloads. Like, you, you, what's wrong with you? Right. Guys? So give them something they can read in a couple hours. Give them something it took me 19
3: months to write my last book because of the publisher was involved.
1: Okay, I'm not supposed to
3: write a book while I'm writing a book, so I wrote a booklet. <laughs> okay, wrote the booklet in two hours. The booklet made more money in 19 days than the other book made in 19 months and was translated in 38 languages. The other book that took 19 months, publishers, editors, you know, all this energy, all this wasted freaking energy and money still hasn't been translated. So, speed, see, is, I'm now back to how fast can I work? Compressed time. Time is money. Most people don't don't even understand the concept. Like, what, what does that even mean?
1: They say it, but they don't know what it means. Yeah.
3: Oh, it's a cute saying. It's a perfect T-shirt.
1: But they're not actually applying it to their
3: life. No, they're like, what does that mean, man? What does it mean, time is money? Right? How do you multiply time? How do you buy time? Rich people buy time.
2: So never say, I can't afford it. I would, my my rich dad forbid his son and me to say the words, I can't. He says, ask yourself, how can I? So, you know, like, the reason I have so much money is because I don't say I can't do it. I just go, how can I do it? And I just go and do it. I make a lot of mistakes, but that's how I learn. How can I? The poorest, the poor people, like my poor dad, always said I can't afford it. Do you think I'm made of money? I'm a school teacher. I can't do that. And I picked that up. And my rich dad never said those words. So when I meet poor people, they use the words I can't a lot. You know, it's like my wife Kim is gorgeous, you know, absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. First thing I said is, she won't go out with me. You know, and my friends kept saying, she'll never go out with you. And I said, well, if I let that stop me, she never will. So I asked I asked her out for six months. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you know what I mean? It's what goes on between this year and this year, and in our hearts, that determine our lives out there. There's no, there's no world out there except what's going on here. So the people that say, I can't afford it, I can't do this, I can't get to college, the rich are evil, you know, I choose not to participate in that.
1: And that's one thing people could change today, Correct. right now, is that dialogue in their head. Stop saying the word can't. I can't. Right.
2: So how can
1: I? How can I? Especially as in, I can't afford it, how can I afford that? Right because that opens them up to looking at it as an investment to a greater future.
2: Right, you know, when I borrowed $300 million, I couldn't do it when I, until I went to ask. And I got turned down so many times, I said, you know, and every time I, I show the banker my financials and I go, sorry, I said, look, do me a favor, why did you turn me down? And he'd tell me, this is out, The numbers are out here. So if if I get these numbers fixed, can I come and see you again? He goes, sure. And he turned me down again, but I go back and I'd put- I'd make I'd make sure the numbers were real and fix it. So it's called rejection. You know, same as my wife rejected me for six months. It's just a matter of personal willpower, which is spiritual. Just saying, if they can do it, I can do it and how can i how can i and yeah. i think it's
1: you once said words become flesh
2: yep you think people you think
4: warren buffett reading just to be reading the majority of you are poor because you read poor stuff you watch poor stuff you on instagram watching fights <laughs> for you just scrolling through like you ain't got a life for real some of y'all on instagram you on there for 30 minutes if i ask you what you saw you don't even know you just scrolling through That's a poverty mindset. Rich people don't waste time. They realize it's their most important commodity. They don't watch a lot of TV. They don't do a lot of entertainment. If they're not working, they're studying their craft and getting better at their craft. Oh, you okay? I'm sorry. Okay, let me say it one more time. There was a language that I needed to learn. Does it does it mean I need to abandon the the language that I learned? Absolutely not. Does it mean I need to put on a shirt and tie? Listen to me, when I do corporate, I promise you I look like this. I probably don't look this good. Sometimes I got on shorts and a t-shirt. In corporate, why? Because I don't need to necessarily conform. They're not asking me to come to dress up, but I'm so good at what I do, they don't even require a suit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of us don't want to wear a suit, but you're not on that level though. Or you want to wear a suit and act as if your suit is going to compensate for what you're inferior at. Your suit don't don't make your language sweet. For real, some of you wear suits because you think like you're going to impress somebody with a suit and you might get in the door, but sooner or later they're going to find out who you are. So I need you to stop having a poverty mindset. So when I quit my job to be an entrepreneur, my mom was like, whoa, what are you doing? I was like, I'm quitting. My mom was like, don't you dare quit. You're going to embarrass me. You got a wife and kids. Does YouTube have insurance? Does YouTube have a 401k? And I was like, yo, Ma, I ain't trying to be funny and I ain't trying to be disrespectful, I love you, but you can't teach me how to be a millionaire because you're not one. You come from the working class, and I'm not mad at you, Ma. We wouldn't be where we are without you, but you told me that every generation is supposed to get better. So I'll take your values, but I won't take your work ethic. Because rich people don't work, they think. The working class will never get rich. It wasn't designed, okay, listen to me, this country became a wealthy country because they had employees they didn't have to pay. That's not, that's not, that's not like a rocket science. So when this country had to start paying people, they want to pay the least. The 3% that run the world, they're not trying. Let me me tell you how I know. I'm from Detroit. We just laid off 15,000 workers and the president of GM, she just got $22 million. We got $22 million to give one person when we laid off 15,000 people and we took their health care that's already paid for? No disrespect to nobody, and I ain't playing no victim because I'm not a victim. Rich people don't work, they think. Poor people work. Poor people go, clock in, I make this much an hour. Rich people go, I put them to work, and I make this much an hour. (laughs) See, what happens is you're working for you and your family one. They got 40 of you working at one time. So they giving you 20% and then they keeping the 80% off of 15,000 people. That's enough to have $22 million. So what you have to decide is, are you going to keep being the 99% or are you ready to be a part of the 1%? Because it doesn't make a difference where you come from high school dropout. It doesn't make a difference where you come from GED. It doesn't make a difference where you come from, sleeping in abandoned buildings. It doesn't make a difference where you come from, a 17-year-old mom that got pregnant. It doesn't make a difference where you come from, south side of Chicago. It doesn't make a difference where you come from, pretty much raised in Detroit. It doesn't make a difference where you come from, took 12 years to get a four-year degree. It doesn't take a, make a difference. Well, you know what makes a difference? What makes a difference is when you become a 99% or a 1%. And when I start thinking like, acting like, and behaving like a 1%er, everything changed. Is that clear? I'm here
7: to talk about success. The first rule of success is to have a vision. You see, if you don't have a vision of where you go and if you don't have a goal where you go, you drift around and you never end up anywhere. I mean, as you know, I was born in 1947 in Austria after the Second World War. So I was very fortunate that I stumbled onto my vision and I didn't really like Austria when I grew up. I couldn't wait to get out of there. I couldn't see myself becoming a farmer or a worker in a factory or anything like that. Even though my parents wanted me to stay there and have a normal life. But that was their vision, not mine. My vision was totally different. I felt that I was born for something special, for something unique, for something big. Then one day I went to school. I remember I was 11 years old and they showed a documentary about America. And there they showed in this documentary the huge skyscrapers, the high rises, the huge bridges, the six lane freeways and all of this stuff and I said to myself, That's where I want to be. I don't want to be around here with these little farmhouses and these little buildings. I want to be in America. One day after school, I walked by a store in Graz. So I went inside and I looked around and then I saw a magazine. I saw a bodybuilding magazine that had Reg Park on the cover. Reg Park was then a three-time Mr. Universe. And I saw him on the big screen as Hercules. I read that and I said to myself, wow, this is the blueprint for my life. This is exactly what I want to do. I want to become a bodybuilding champion, just like Reg Park. I want to get into movies, just like Reg Park. And I want to make millions of dollars and be rich and famous, just like Reg Park. Do you know how great it felt that I knew where I was going? Imagine the majority of people don't know where they're going. I knew where I was going, that I'm going to become this bodybuilding champion, just like him. So it was just a question of how do you do it? I was so relieved because when you have a goal, when you have a vision, everything becomes easy. So people always ask me when they saw me in the gym in the pumping iron days. They say, why is it that you're working out so hard? five hours a day, six hours a day, and you have always a smile on your face. And I told people all the time, I said, because to me, I'm shooting for a goal. In front of me is the Mr. Universe title. So every rep that I do gets me closer to accomplishing that goal, to make this goal, this vision, turn into reality. Every single set that I do, every repetition, every weight that I lift will get me a step closer to turned this goal into reality. So I couldn't wait to do another 500 pound squat. I couldn't wait to do another 500 pound bench press. I couldn't wait to do another 2,000 reps of sit-ups. I couldn't wait for the next exercise. With the age of 20, I went to London and I won the Mr. Universe contest as the youngest Mr. Universe ever. And it was because I had a goal. So let me tell you something, visualizing your goal and going after it makes it fun. you got to have a purpose no matter what you do in life. you got to have a purpose.
6: Uh, but you have to do something every day that scares you. Scares you. And, um, and that's uh, a, a takeoff from Helen Keller who said, or not said, uh, she was deaf, dumb, uh, everything, she couldn't do anything. And she said every day she did something to scare herself. Well, if you and I had all those afflictions, just getting out of bed would be scary enough. And so I decided that one of the differentiations between the people that got the most out of the, uh, the week-long seminar and the year-long free mentoring for me is people that really pressed themselves hard. So I translated that into, they've got to do something and list it what they did to scare themselves every single day
1: is that the essence of really what you do is getting people to take more risk or To get out of their comfort zones, and then the wealth comes later
6: it, It's not just uh, out of their comfort zones. It's the change of reality Okay, you know your reality is different than my reality and you know your followers realities are all different uh, it, but it's the change of reality and to make yourself a uh, Accountable that's not just getting outside your comfort zone making yourself accountable. Okay, Uh, not just accountable not accountable to somebody else Accountable to you me, you know yourself because that's the ultimate uh, ultimately. That's the only person you should be accountable to Is yourself and we grow up? uh, In my judgment wrongly that the the, that we don't hold ourselves accountable enough. We just don't we've we've learned uh, to come up with reasons why we can't do this Reasons why it's okay not to do this reasons why you didn't follow up on time reasons Why I told the guy I'd get back to him by Wednesday. It's now Friday. Oh, it's the weekend. I'll now get back to him till you know on Monday and uh, Life has gotten simpler now with the internet and with email and the things Where the communication is almost instant you think it should be easier but it's not I, I use the analogy 25, 30 years ago, you go in and buy a $100 million company, your due diligence would be three, four, five weeks, and it'd take you three, four, five weeks to close the deal. Okay, a month and a half, six to eight weeks. With the internet, it should take less time because the information is instantaneous. It takes us twice as long to close a deal now. Twice as long. There's no reason for that. Things haven't gotten twice as complicated, but somebody has to put their name on the line. Somebody wants to push off the accountability. So somebody would rather have Brian sign off on it, so I go home early on a Thursday, knowing you're gonna come in early on a Monday, and your signature will be on the document instead of mine, because I don't want to be accountable. Uh, and so the, the kids today have this need. It's, it's like this thirst. For, for guidance and the kids do better in the year-long mentor program than the older kids so the kids in their tw- teens and 20s uh, do better than the guys in their 40s and 50s that's because the guys in their 40s and 50s got a lot of baggage bad habits bad habits you know and it's tough to get rid of them and the um, you know motivation gets you started good habits keep you going most people just have piss poor habits and uh, you know I've had these same habits for about 50 years now, okay, about 50 years. And I don't even think about it. I mean, it's just like brushing my teeth, taking a shower, I just do it. And, uh, and, I, and I, one of the other interviews that uh, I did with you, I said, when I do feel wimpish, which isn't too often, I just say, come on. And, and I just go out and do it. Uh, and, 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 and I do that about my entire life. Uh, everything about it. And, and, and I know that if I hadn't built up these habits 20, 30 years ago, you know, at, at age 70, I certainly wouldn't be doing this. I don't fail very often. I, I do fail. You're pretty open about all the failures. Of yeah, I'm not ashamed them. of them. Right. That's who. That's what's made me who I am. You said failure is just testing. Correct. It's just testing. And I don't know. And I'm quick to pull the trigger two, two ways. I'm quick to pull the trigger and trying something and I'm quick to pull the trigger and close in something. Just turn the key. What does that mean, turn the key? Turn the key means close the business down. Most of the people watching this thing should either not be in business if they've got one, or close the down if they got one. Because you got in business for all the wrong reasons and you don't have the balls to close them down. Because of what other people are going to say. You, don't ha- you have no idea how um, limitless it is when you're not afraid of what other people think or say. You have no idea. There's not two people watching this thing that even has uh, a concept of what it is to act as if you have no limits to your abilities. Zero. Lack of self-esteem, uh, lack of self-worth. Now they think they have self-worth. They think because they made a few bucks. But in actuality, and when they measure it against the other eight, 10, 12 people sitting around the table, they realize, or they start to question, hell, maybe I was just lucky. Now, all of us, when you're only a one-trick guy or gal, think, was I lucky? Now, I've done it so many times, I know I wasn't lucky. I might have been lucky the first time, but I haven't been lucky the 15, 20, 40, 50. I know that. Okay. But maybe I was lucky the first time. The, but my life changed when I went, I was pretty much a, a, a haphazard kid, got in a lot of trouble, got arrested four or five times, thrown in jail. And this is when my dad as a cop. But then I went, I volunteered for the draft um, in 1966 at the height of the Vietnam War. And um, I went to OCS and that changed my life because it was the really first real high-performance thing that I could measure myself against other with other people. Two-thirds of all Fortune 500 uh, CEOs have one thing in common. Military background. Really? Two-thirds of those two-thirds have something else. Martial arts. What do you learn in martial arts, Brian? Discipline. Focus. A lot of people don't believe they deserve to be there. I convince them and uh, we have these drills, why you belong there? A lot of people that come there you know, with money, that have made money, think they made it by accident. Right. I just had one of my superstars who's made 100 million bucks tell me in the last week, you know, I'm not sure I'm gonna have another lucky accident. And I said, you did it, I mean, you, you know, you tried a lot of things. I believe, Thomas Edison, I, would, I wouldn't I would have done it 10,000 times. Okay. I would have hired an engineer from MIT to do it. <laughs> but I mean, uh, I've tried a lot of things. Nobody's failed at more things than I have. And the first 100 million are successes, but I could write a book about failures that it'd be, I mean, because I've tried a lot of different things. Because failure is just testing. And uh, one of the reasons I've been so successful in generating this equity and value in my kids, and I call you all kids, is because I convince him that making a mistake is okay. Your parents probably told you, you can be anything you want, but you can't. That's horse You can't. If It's all juxtaposed. So, but what you tell them is that you can do anything you want that you have passion for because that eliminates most of the crap because most people don't follow their dream. You know, like they say in The Sound of Music, you can't have a dream come true unless you have a dream. Now, I still dream. I dream in Technicolor. I say my affirmations and goals every single night. It's bloody hard to be a high-performance
7: person. 74% hate their job in America. Now, this is not much different when you come to Europe. The majority of people don't like what they're doing. Because they're really not doing it because they didn't have a goal and they followed this goal. They just aimlessly drift around and then all of a sudden there's a job opening so they get that job. Because you have to work. But then when you work, it's a chore. It's work. It's not fun. So if you think about only a quarter of the people really enjoy what they're doing in life. That is unbelievable if you think about it. So I felt so blessed that I knew what I was doing. It's like a medical student that studies and knows he wants to become a doctor. You know where to go. And the same thing is also in politics. I remember that in politics I had a very clear vision that I will be the leader of California. That's as far as I could go because I was not born in America, so I could not run for president. So being the governor of the fifth largest state I should say the largest state, the fifth largest economy in the world was for me really the ultimate title, the ultimate accomplishment in politics. So even though people came up to me and said, why don't you go and run for something smaller, you're never going to make it. I ran for governor and then two months later I became governor of the state of California. Again because I had a very clear vision what I'm going to do with California. So that's rule number one, have a vision. Rule number two is don't listen to the naysayers. Don't listen to the naysayers. Everything I ever did. The thing that I heard out of people's mouth was that's impossible. That can't be done or no. That is exactly what I heard. And of course, I proved to the people that it can't be done. So whenever someone said to me, it can't be done, I heard it can be done. When they said no, I heard yes. And when they said it's impossible, I heard it is possible. I'm a strong believer of what Nelson Mandela said. That everything is always impossible until someone does it. Well, I'm going to be the one I said to myself, I'm going to do it and I'm going to show it to them. Maybe it has never been done before. That's perfectly fine with me, but I'm going to do it. And I did not listen to the naysayers. Success
5: means different things to different people. For some, success might be financial achievements, becoming a millionaire, for example. For some, it might mean accolades. For sportsmen, it may mean trophies, championships or medals. For some, being successful might simply mean achieving a state of wellness, health or happiness. Whatever it means to you, take note of these ten habits of all successful people. They apply to any area and any meaning of success. Number one, they set goals. You've probably never met a successful person who doesn't set goals. Because the chances of you finding what you want without a clear target to move forward are right around zero. If you don't know where you're going, you will end up someplace you didn't plan to be. Setting goals should be the number one priority for anyone seeking success. Define exactly what it is you want. Your end goal. Break down exactly what is required to get there. Mini goals. Make sure your why, your reason for doing what you must do is strong. So when you hit those roadblocks, when things go wrong as they always do, you have the strength and purpose to keep going. Number two. They take responsibility for their life. Another key attribute of all successful people is they take complete responsibility for the success and the failures in their life. Unlike the majority, they never play the victim role. If something doesn't work out, they don't blame others. They learn the lesson, learn one more way not to do something and move on quickly. Your energy is always best spent in the present, and planning for the future. Your thought process should always be, how can I make this work? And what can I learn from this? Never living in the past or making excuses as to why you aren't where you should be. Remember, everyone suffers setbacks. Everyone has the opportunity to either blame others in circumstances or to focus on moving on and creating a better future. Regardless of what has happened, you decide what you do now. Number three, they have great self-discipline. Discipline Discipline is a strong trait of all successful people and it is one that can be developed with consistent use. Anyone that works from home or unsupervised knows the importance of self-discipline. When you are alone, will you choose to go through social media, watch cat videos on YouTube, or do something that will be beneficial for your future? It is much easier to have discipline if you have clear goals and a meaningful purpose. Something that is much more important than meaningless distractions. Number four, they are obsessed with self-development. You can't really claim to be successful if you have given up working on yourself. This doesn't mean you are never satisfied. Just that you know it is human nature to want to grow and learn new things. Be open to learn new things and develop your mind through mentors, audiobooks, and reading. The more you learn, the more you will earn. Financially and spiritually. Number five they read a lot. Reading is a common pastime of many highly successful people. The majority these days can't sit alone for two minutes without becoming bored, picking up their phone to go on social media, probably to post about how bored they are. Successful people, however, are almost always happy to be alone, to be alone in quiet, to have the opportunity to read or listen to something that will benefit their mind and their future. If you're not a reader, try audiobooks. You can play them in your car, in the gym, or while you shower. And use time that might normally be wasted to gain new skills, new strengths. Number six, they manage their time well. Time management is essential to success. Unsuccessful people usually get stressed and overwhelmed when there are too many tasks on their to-do list. Successful people are rarely phased. They prioritize the big payoff and most rewarding tasks first and leave the insignificant ones to last, knowing it matters most to do the most valuable tasks first. Successful people plan in advance, days, weeks, months ahead, knowing clearly what needs to be done to complete their jobs and reach their goals. Number seven, they take risks. If you don't buy a ticket, you can't win the raffle. If you don't take big risks, you can't achieve big rewards. Successful people know that there will be times they will need to take risks in order to get where they need to go. Often, most people won't take those same risks for fear of failure. However, the greater failure to successful people would be that of regret. Risk going for the life you want or guarantee living with one you don't want. Number eight, they keep going when they suffer failure and setbacks. We all suffer setbacks. Every single person that attempts to live their dream life will suffer through failure. Many of them might even lose everything. Most quit. The successful never quit. They keep going, knowing their greatest character is formed in adversity, knowing their success story is being written in every moment. And it will be especially good now they have a comeback story. Number nine, they find a way to win. Successful people find a way, period. Whatever life throws their way, they deal with it. Dodge it, smash through it. Whatever is required, they find a way to win. It's the whatever it takes mentality. It's the confidence in knowing whatever happens, I will give my all and leave nothing on the table. I will find a way to win. Number 10, they do what they love. If you're not doing what you love, you can't really claim yourself a success. Spending the majority of your working hours, also known as the majority of your life, doing things you hate for money, is not successful living. It's torture to the soul. If you need to suffer doing something you don't like to get to a life you love, do that. But do not lose sight of exactly that. Your ultimate purpose. Find your life purpose. Think of all the things you love to do more than anything in the world. Then brainstorm how you can turn those passions into profit. Doing what you love every day. Even if you were taking a pay cut, it will be worth it. Do what you love every day and you will never
3: Work a day in your life.
0: Planning for your next trip?